Crop Talk TV Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Crock Talk TV. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And on today's docket, we got a few different topics, okay? We got Kyle Shanahan and a few other NFL teams getting fined. What's up with that? All right, we're going to get into some Debo. Samuel, I kind of threw out this comment about Debo, and it kind of pertained to a guy who I think he plays similar to, built the same. Play very similar, but one guy's been far more productive. I want to get into those comments. All right. And then Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward came out, said, you know, really just had a lot of confidence uh, speaking about his ability and how he feels. He, you know, pretty much lines up with the best Titans out there. All right. So we're going to get into all that and more. But first, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. All right. Hit that subscribe button right now. If you are subscribed, make sure right now you hit that like button. All right, hit the like button. And, yeah, man, I appreciate all y'all for rocking with me. Got to get back in the flow, go on live more often, man, because I appreciate all y'all. I know y'all mess with me, and it's like, man, this is just my safe place to give my thoughts. All right. Now, before I get into all the good stuff, I do have some – do I do the special announcement now? All right. Uh, special announcement. I am partnering up with Underdog Fantasy Football, and – yeah, I'm going to have my own promo code and everything, big partnership. I'm excited about that. I will definitely be pushing all of my uh, underdog, uh, you know, everything. I'm going to have competitions and all type of different things, everything that kind of pertains to fantasy football. We're going to have leagues. All right. I think I'm, about, I'm going to have about four different leagues. All right. Um, each one ranging different prices, $10, $20, $30, $40 leagues. All right different prizes, of course, for all those things. So um, I'm excited about my partnership with Underdog Fantasy Football, and I hope you guys are too. So I'll be, I'll be sure to put it out there, the leak, leaks, uh, any link or anything, especially when those competitions get going, we'll be getting into a lot of that, all right? So yeah, man, everybody, make sure you guys subscribe, like, do all that good stuff, and I appreciate all the support, all right? So let's get into it. Kyle Shanahan, uh, along with a couple of other squads, right? You got the Dallas Cowboys, they got fined. You got uh, Urban Meyer with Jacksonville. They got the biggest fine, right? They got hit with the biggest fine. All right. Why they're fined, if I had to kind of guess, I can't speak on the other teams. I remember the 49ers, something about making contact in OTAs, uh, not legal now, which is Crazy. I don't think that was ever a rule, especially when I wasn't playing. Now, I, I was only in one offseason uh, OTAs, training camp, preseason, all that stuff. Uh, so I can't really speak on how it's done on a continuous basis. But as far as my experience of it, touching and stuff like that, dude, like we were never told that, oh, you can't touch somebody. Now, maybe this is something that was put in place because of COVID and whatnot. But yeah, I know the, the video of Diamador Lenore got out him pressing up uh, the receiver from UAB, uh, Watkins, right? Yep, Watkins. And uh, I think that's what kind of sparked the 49ers ultimately losing, not only just getting fined, but losing that last week of OTAs, right? So Kyle Shanahan came out and said that he was canceling the last two days of, of veteran, uh, not even veteran, but canceling the last two days of mandatory minicamp. And now 
it turns out that a lot of people are kind of correlating the two saying, well, no, you didn't cancel it. You're a liar. You guys got it suspended and the NFL took that away. All right, let's look at exactly what the NFL said. All right, so 49ers were fined $100,000 and Kyle Shanahan was fined $50,000. Then he went on to say, the NFL Management Council ordered 49ers to cancel their last week of OTAs last month. So that's what people are speaking on when they say Kyle Shanahan was lying, right? Because Kyle Shanahan came out and said, you know, due to taking precautions and whatnot, had a couple of injuries. They were just going to do without the last two days. They already got their amount of days in that they wanted. So it was like, okay, I'm just going to get these guys this time off and yeah, cancel everything. All right. Now what he did end up saying, and this is going to kind of tie into my experience as pertains to how the schedule is kind of laid out and everything. But he said the rookies, after he said he was going to cancel the last two days of mandatory minicamp, he said the rookies, we're going to hang around for another week. That was my experience. All right. So with the New York Jets, we had a schedule and, you know, you had the all, all the whole offseason stuff. Again, this is 2013. But June, it was June 11th through 13th was the mandatory minicamp, the last mandatory minicamp. When you actually look at our schedule, there is nothing else. Right. So you got the you got the mandatory minicamp and then it just stops. But when we were there, they made the rookies and second year players stay an extra week. All right. Now, this was kind of included in our offseason OTAs time. This was not voluntary, especially not for a guy like me that was at the bottom of the roster. All right. It's not voluntary. But they made us stay there for an extra week. Go back. Listen to what Kyle Shanahan said, said he was going to keep his rookies around for another week. He did not keep his rookies around for another week, even though he said he was. And I think that's where the suspension hit or the violation of what they took away from the 49ers, the last week of OTAs. That's just my opinion based on what my experience was. When I look back on the schedule, again, that last week is not on the official schedule, but we stayed there an extra week. I thought maybe I was tripping. So I went in and I looked at my emails from back then because the jets they pay for all your flights and everything like that when we break from otas mini camps or whatever they fly you back to wherever you want to go to i wanted to fly to california so they flew me to cali all right and they set up my flight for the 21st they were not gonna they were not gonna set up a flight for the 21st if we were done on the 13th if we were done 13th my and my flight was going to be on the 14th all right. They pushed it back a week because all the rookies stayed a little bit longer. So was Kyle Shanahan lying? Was he not? It's hard for me to say that he was lying because, again, my experience is all the rookies, we stayed an extra week. Looked like Kyle Shanahan had that lined up. But then, boom, they got hit with that uh, suspension or whatever, the violation. It wiped out that last week. And I don't think that the rookies were able to stay there. All right. So here is. My guy, Niner Faithful, in a way, I follow one of the rookies on Instagram. They were still there. What They still was there even after they canceled OTAs. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So some guys hung around. All right. Man, <laughs> nice gym, man. Love it. Thank you. Now, this gym, um, I train out of here right now. I train all my athletes and everything. But this is just the uh, 
temporary one. Uh, we're actually building one up front and it's gonna be 12,000 square foot sports performance facility. I run the whole thing. All right, so I'm really excited about that. That should be up in the next couple months. Get started on that, about to uh, break ground and do all that good stuff. But that's gonna be a big one. Uh, a bunch of uh, uh, artificial turf indoors. We're going to put some turf potentially outdoors, all that good stuff. But anyways, y'all didn't come to hear about that. But um, as far as Kyle Shanahan goes, was he lying? I don't know, man. Again, my experience, all the rookies and stuff, we stayed around another week. Uh, it sounds like with the 49ers, a lot of that got canceled. So uh, we'll see how the whole thing works out. And if we ever find, uh, you know, out the truth, about what was going on. Maybe we'll, maybe we won't. Kyle Shanahan, I feel like he's somebody that would tell us, like if you got caught red-handed, pretty sure maybe one of these guys, maybe Grant Cohn, because uh, Grant Cohn asked questions that other people, I don't wanna say they're scared to ask, but maybe they're a little bit more timid to ask those questions. Grant Cohn, he's gonna ask those questions. He's gonna ask them. So um, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll find out exactly what happened with that whole situation. All right, so next thing. All right, Debo Samuel. So I tweeted out something, and I really feel like Twitter, it's a tough place because you can tweet out something, and it can be, if you don't tweet the whole thing of exactly, exactly, exactly what you mean, people can, they're going to nitpick at it, and they're going to twist and turn every word that you say and mix it all up, and then all of a sudden what you mean all of us, it, it could end up being 20 different things. All right. So my tweet said, DJ Moore is who 49er fans hope Debo Samuel is. All right. I'm going to repeat that. DJ Moore is who 49er fans hope Debo Samuel is. Now, I got a whole lot of responses on that. People saying, no, we just need Debo to be Debo. Or, oh, we just need Debo to stay healthy. You know, and all these other answers, all right? Let me take it back a little bit, a couple years. When Debo Samuel was coming out, my comp for Debo Samuel was DJ Reed. I mean, DJ Moore, excuse me. My comp for D, uh, Debo Samuel was DJ Moore. Again, turned out, turned around, tongue twisted, all this stuff with this DJ Debo, all this stuff, all right? But, and I, I'm going to get to some of these questions. Oh, I see the questions in here, all right? But Debo Samuel. When he's coming out, my comp, DJ Moore. Now, you look at their rookie years, very comparable, all right? From a statistical standpoint, very similar, all right? Now, obviously, Debo Samuel in his rookie year dealt with a couple of injuries. It started with a broken foot. Broke his foot in the offseason. I believe that he wasn't able to completely get himself into the shape that he wanted to. So when he returned... Boom, hamstring, all right? And then he tried to come back from that, and again, boom, hamstring. So Debo ended up missing several games, all right? Now, in the games that he did play, most of them he was pretty uh, productive, but obviously he missed time due to the injuries and didn't really have a full season. Obviously didn't – I don't want to say he didn't take that jump that we would have liked to see, but he missed a lot of time. So my, a lot of my question is what is – Debo Samuel right now, right? Like, I know how talented Debo is, but what are we going to get from Debo on a consistent basis? Now, when you look at D DJ Moore, who I, again, that was my comp for Debo Samuel. That's who I thought Debo Samuel reminded me a lot of, right? You look at, you look at DJ Moore, 
and they're built very similar. He's about 5'11", close to 6 feet, 210 pounds. Debo Samuel, about 5'11", close to 6 feet, 215 pounds. So they're similar in that aspect. I think naturally, DJ Moore has a little bit more straight line speed, at least in his 40-yard dash. Now, that doesn't mean that he plays that fast or that Debo does not play that fast, because I think Debo definitely plays uh, very fast, uh, especially when he gets on that straight line. But they're very comparable, with, even with how they're used, whether it's on runs, passing game, all that. Very similar. Now, we have seen uh, DJ Moore stretch the field a little bit more. All right, but when I say we hope that Debo Samuel is DJ Moore, it's because we know who DJ Moore is. We're still kind of like hoping with D, with uh, Debo Samuel. We're still hoping. We're, we are hoping that he can have – the type of impact on games that DJ Moore has, right? And when I say impact, obviously it hasn't resulted in wins because the Panthers have other stuff going on. Quarterback situation hasn't been great, just as, you know, 49ers hasn't been either or whatever, right, especially last year. But DJ Moore, extremely productive. Over the last couple years, he's had right around 1,200 yards receiving, all right, and he's also utilized the same way Debo is on screens, you know, just getting the ball in his hands, jet sweeps, end arounds, things like that. Like he's used to that. He they use him in that way too. They have a very, very similar skill set. All right. So when I say Debo, uh DJ, DJ Moore is who we hope DJ uh Debo Samuel is, is because like that's a lot of respect to Moore, but also knowing what type of ability. Debo has, and we just need to see it on a consistent basis. Right now, we're still kind of guessing. We're still kind of wondering what exactly are we going to get from Debo. Most people, matter of fact, probably 90% of the fan base, if they had to choose, okay, hey, do you want Debo Samuel or do you want Brandon Ayuk? Most of them will go with Brandon Ayuk. And to be honest, I don't know that Brandon Ayuk is better than him. I don't know if Brandon Ayuk is better than Debo, but I do know there's just a question mark, right? And with with DJ Moore, there is no question mark. 1,200-yard receiver, 1,200-yard receiver, all right? There's no question marks. They know what they're getting from him. Deep threat, intermediate threat. Right now, get him the ball. Jet sweeps. All the same ways that the 49ers can utilize Debo Samuel, but he's doing it. And I know I got some people that responded, well, his quarterback what? His quarterback situation, his quarterback situation was just as bad. He's playing with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want to throw the ball 10 yards down the field. He played the year before with, God damn, Kyle Allen uh, and some other random dudes. Like there, there were some random guys that played for the Panthers that year. So I look at that situation. He was productive no matter who was that quarterback. And I think that Debo can be productive no matter who's that quarterback as well. But when you look at it just from an outside perspective and kind of what you hope that you get from Debo Samuel is what Panthers are getting from DJ Moore. So I didn't mean it in a disrespectful way, just that, man, if put it this way, if Debo Samuel had back-to-back 1,200-yard seasons, what would the 49er fans be saying about him? All right, DJ Moore has done that, and he still don't get talked about. But if that was Debo Samuel, what would the 49er fans be saying about Debo if he had back-to-back 1,200-yard seasons? Come on. Come on, baby. Let's go. 
All right, so I'm going to get to some of these questions before we get into the uh, last topic. And then after that, we'll just fire off the cuffs and talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. All right, but here we go. Uh, answer some of these real quick. He's going to be a yards after catch, be still. Yes, that ain't going nowhere. Debo has that ability. I mean, he, he's a big dog. I love him. He's probably my favorite player on the 49ers. I love the way he plays. I love his mindset. I love how when he gets up talking that talk, I love when he laughed at the Patriots on the sideline, ran dude over and was like, laughed and said they sorry. Like, I love that. And I don't know if y'all have heard that, but I'll try to find that soundbite, man. I love that. Like, come on. I just need, I just need to know exactly who Debo is. I think I know, but we're still hoping he can be, uh, you know, and play and be productive to the standpoint of what we've seen from DJ Moore. We have not seen that. All right. We have not seen that. He definitely needs more field time to be more precise with routes and better down the field. He just hasn't had any reps to be dominant yet. You know, I'll say this. I think Debo is a very underrated route runner. I, I think that's an aspect of his game that gets overshadowed because of the other ways that he's been utilized. Like, I, I don't think that Debo uh, isn't a good route runner. I think he's very crafty at the line of scrimmage. I, I think he really does a really good job of understanding how to attack uh, defenders' leverage at the line of scrimmage, get them going one way, open their hips, right, get them going upfield, come back underneath, catch the ball, then what he does with the yards after catch. I mean, he he, he does those type of things. We saw what he did to uh, the cornerback from, uh, what, Griffin, all right, the cornerback number 26 who was with Seattle. We saw what he did to him. We saw how he pressed outside, pressed inside, up. Attacked up, got him to open up, boom, back out. Had him doing a, a twister or whatever uh, Griffin was doing. Like, come on. Debo really can run routes, and he really understands how to do it, and I think he does it very well. It's just overshadowed because of the other ways that he has been successful, which 49ers have done a lot of just get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. So people don't really see him on a consistent basis, beat out route runner type of guy, but he definitely has that in the bag and understands how to create separation. All right. Ayuk has more potential, in my opinion. <sighs> um, it's tough because, again, I don't know. I, I know what Debo is and Ayuk, too. Now, when Ayuk was coming out, anybody that's been following me for a while, after watching him, I said, ooh, I think he does have that more potential to be that pure wide receiver one. Just looks like he, you know, the body, the movements, the fluidness looks a little bit, you know, I don't want to compare him to Odell, but, you know, has that type of, like, long, loose, you know. Now, what, what I would like to see, what I would like to see from, what I would like to see from Ayuk is, one, become a better contested catch guy, right? And I don't know that he's even had those type of opportunities, but I, I want to see a little bit, can he, can he get that down and at least kind of be that guy for the 49ers? Because right now, 49ers don't have that guy. Who's a contested catch guy? We all know. All right, so I hope that he can become that guy. And then his run after catch, that's where right now he's not really on the same level as Debo. Now, obviously, anybody can point to the Philadelphia play where he caught the screen and jumped over a defender. That was amazing, right? And that shows you kind of the, the high end of what he could possibly be as a run after catch guy. But on a consistent basis, he wasn't really making guys miss uh, you didn't see him really like a lot of open field, make guys miss, 
get a bunch of more yards after catch. We saw all the ability to be able to stretch the field, catch balls downfield, understand how to run his routes intermediate and all those things that you want to see from a pure receiver. I think he did that extremely well. But just from the standpoint of just flat out more potential than Debo, I have a, I have a hard time with that because Debo is bigger. Debo tested faster and he plays fast. Debo plays fast. Debo has been better after contact and after the catch. Still outruns, guys. We saw what he did against the Packers a couple years ago, catching the slant, outrunning everybody to the end zone. Like, I would say this. What does IU – and, again, I like IU, and I'm not, I'm not saying that IU doesn't do these things better, but I would ask you all, what does IU do better? What do you think do better? I think the, the thing that most people say, oh, better route runner. I don't know that he is. I done seen Debo whoop dudes. Whoop them. You know what I'm saying? With the routes. All right. So I don't know that Debo is just, or, or, or Ayuk is just a pure better route runner than Debo. I think people will say that because of how Debo has been mostly utilized. I don't think that that's just the case, especially when I've seen them route dudes up and understand leverage and stuff like that. So far, I would say what we have seen is Ayuk has been utilized a little bit more as a vertical threat and has won vertically more. Saw it against Buffalo, saw it against uh, whoever the team was. What, what I think it was the uh, Patriots when he really could have scored. You've seen the 49ers kind of stretch the field a little bit more with Ayuk, and I think we'll continue to see that. All right, but I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. And um, even when they were both drafted, I think Ayuk can also be better than more. I, I'm not here to say that I can or can't, like, or, or can't, right? Like, I, I think anybody, you know, depending on, you know, what type of work ethic they have, you know, how they take care of their bodies, you know, how consistent are they, how much are they on the field? I'll say this, in a short, simple size, DJ Moore has proven to be able to be more uh, uh, healthy and available than Ayuk. Ayuk missed four games as a rookie. COVID had something to do with a couple of those, but. You know, I miss more games than DJ Moore has in three seasons. So, but I think just from an ability standpoint, I think all three are terrific. They were all drafted around the same area, right? Uh, within what, seven picks of each other? Six, seven. DJ Moore was late 20s. Uh, I late 20s. Debo, very early second round, what, 33rd overall pick or whatever he was, 34th pick. So, they're all right there in the sense of kind of how they're viewed or, you know, at least they were in, compar in comparison to uh, their draft classes. But from an ability standpoint, I think they're very similar. Uh, I think obviously they have different skill sets, but at least high end, they could be the same thing. Matter of fact, let's look at it like this. A.J. Brown. Where do y'all have A.J. Brown? You know, do you think A.J. Brown is just a better route runner than – Debo Samuel, do you think A.J. Brown is a better route runner than IU, DJ Moore? What makes A.J. Brown better than those other guys? But if you ask most people right now, A.J. Brown is a top five receiver. A lot of people feel like that. I'm not saying I do, but I'm saying a lot of people feel like A.J. Brown is that type. But what makes him more special than the other guys that we've been talking about right now? All right, so that's that's kind of one thing, to, to a way to look at it where – I think we always look at maybe how a guy went or who wins, and maybe we might look at something very specific that this guy does. But at the end of the day, it's like, does, does the guy win? You got A.J. Brown, motherfucker wins, right? He wins. 
All right. Let's get to some more of these questions. All right. Fortnite fell in love with Debo at the senior bowl where he was unguardable. Thought it was terrific. I really loved seeing him and Rock Yasin go at it head to head a bunch of times. That was really cool to watch. I watched a lot of those clips. Ayuk is my uh, number 11. Can't wait to see him and Debo with Lance. Here's what I'm curious to see. Debo and Ayuk have not proven yet to be contested catch guys. Sometimes with quarterbacks that come in and possibly are a bit inaccurate. I don't want to say that Lance is inaccurate, like he just can't improve on his accuracy or whatnot. But if you're just going off of what he was when he was 19, and hopefully he has improved since then. Seems like he's been working really hard to improve his throwing motion and mechanics and all those good things. All right. But his best friend is going to be a contested catch guy. So you look at Cam Newton when Cam Newton was coming out. I mean, he did eat with Steve Smith. But what also did they surround Cam Newton with and why, right? Why did they draft 6'5", 240-pound Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin? Why did they draft uh, number 17 out of, uh, out of Michigan? Can't think of his name right now. Big Funches, Devin Funches. Why did they draft Funches? Why did they draft Benjamin? Why did they have those two guys? Because if you're not extremely accurate, you can throw the ball in the area of those guys, and their catch radius is tremendous. You know what I'm saying? Catch radius is tremendous. So how Trey Lance might not benefit today from an Ayuk or Debo, at least down the field, until maybe he makes sure that he tightens those things up. Now, the good thing with Kyle Shanahan, he knows how to scheme guys open, and maybe everything doesn't have to be contested catch, right? Maybe uh, he still utilizes Debo a lot to kind of offset maybe some uh, inconsistencies with accuracy that Trey Lance might have as a rookie. And obviously we've seen guys improve on that. And again, we don't know what Trey Lance is right now. He could have improved from his 19-year-old self. He's now 21 years old, could be a lot better. All right, but those are things that I'm curious to see with Trey Lance. Are the are or is Debo and Ayuk going to help him? Guys that haven't don't have that reputation for being terrific contested catch guys. Would he be more, you know, would it be better for him to have a guy that's a big body? Would it be better for him to have a Juwan Jennings out there, Jalen Hurd out there? Not saying that it would be better to have them out there than uh, Brandon Ayuk or Debo, but just in the general, having that kind of safety blanket to where you can throw it up to those guys and they're great contested catch guys. Also having brought up George Kittle, who is a monster and definitely helps in that aspect. All right, here we go. Yes, yes, yes. Mariah, I appreciate it. Make sure if you guys haven't already, hit that like button right now. Hit that subscribe button right now. When we first jumped on here, I also brought up um, something that I'm really excited about. I am partnered up with Underdog Fantasy Football. So we're going to have all type of contests, different things like that, um, that I'm going to get all you guys invo involved in. Do not go and sign up for uh, Underdog Fantasy Football just yet. We're going to wait till I get my promo code, which I will have by the 6th of July, and we're going to start pumping that out, all right? But I appreciate all y'all for rocking with me, for real. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Ben. Why do you feel like Debo's air yards per target are so low? 2.1 air yards per target. 
it's interesting, man, because when you go back to 2019, not saying it was extremely high, but it was definitely it was definitely higher. I want to say it was somewhere around eight uh, air yards per target. All right, so what made Kyle Shanahan change the way that he utilizes Debo Samuel at least on a consistent basis? I think seeing how Debo was utilized in 2019 lets us know that there is more than just the 2.1 air yards uh, per target that we saw last year. All right. Maybe it was a quarterback situation. Maybe offensive line, he didn't trust the offensive line holding up. Uh, you know, maybe he didn't trust Debo Samuel running downfield because he didn't want him to hurt his hamstring trying to stretch down the field, you know, because of his, you know, stretch his speed and all of a sudden pop his hamstring or something. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough one. But I do think that Debo is definitely much more than a 2.1 air yard per target type guy. I think he can be DJ Moore. <laughs> that's what I think. Brandon Ayuk had 754 yards last year. Debo Samuel only had 417. Ayuk also played 12 games, whereas Debo, I'm going to say, what he finished? Five games? I think he only played in six or something like that. Debo barely played. So... I wouldn't just uh, Nate. I wouldn't just look at his, the pure stats. Now you can look at maybe a per game and then just see how they measure up from there. But and I know they definitely weren't even productive in the game against the Dolphins. I don't think they did anything uh, that game. Obviously, that was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's worst, worst game of his career. That's an interest. Very interest, interesting, huh? And it's interesting to know or ask why Kyle Shanahan utilized Debo in that way. And is he going to continue to utilize him that way, or is he going to go back more to what we saw from 2019? I'm interested to see that. Ayuk has the arm length to do that for sure, so let's give him a chance for those contested catches. Ayuk definitely has the arm length, and I think that can help when it comes to contested catch uh, passes. I think he has that ability, but I I want to say if you go back to him in college to uh, 2019, uh, his last year at Arizona State, that wasn't an area where he excelled. Now, where he did excel, I believe, was yards after catch, which obviously a lot of 49ers players um, have that ability right now. And he did have a contested catch. I know for sure I saw it against uh, is it Oregon, where he dunked on dude on the sideline, left sideline. So he has the ability to do it. I think the consistency is not there. And that's where probably the 49ers would like to see him improve. I'm also excited for Jennings. Let's look into great shape. I hope he comes around. I am too, man. I, I'm, I'm interested to see that too. Now, the last thing I wanted to get into before we really get into any questions that you guys have, and I'll also bring some guys on, is the last thing we want to talk about, Jimmy Ward. All right? Jimmy Ward came out, and I'm going to go to bat for uh, Jimmy Ward a little bit. All right, but Jimmy Ward came out, and there was a list of guys where he said, none of these guys are getting more than 50 yards on me, tight ends, all right? None of these tight ends are getting more than 50 yards on me, except for his dog, George Kittle, all right? Then there was another group, he was like, none of these guys are getting 40 on me. Then there was another group, and he was like, none of these guys are getting 30 on me. He said, that's him being nice, right? Now, one, safeties typically aren't asked to man up a whole lot. Right. A lot of times they play in space, they play zones, things like that. All right. When it comes to Jimmy Ward, I would say out of the safeties I've watched, and y'all know I watch DBs, I watch a lot of safeties, I watch all these guys. Jimmy Ward is one of the best pure man-to-man cover guys, safeties in the league. I'm going to repeat that. Jimmy Ward 
is one of the best pure man-to-man coverage safety guys in the league. He can come down and line up man-to-man on anybody, and you feel comfortable about that. There are some guys that you do not feel comfortable with them playing man, right? Jamal Adams gets paid all that money, but I don't feel comfortable putting Jamal Adams in pure man coverage. Now, zone coverage, that's a different thing, or different ways you can utilize Jamal Adams. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, right? He don't get paid the big bucks to just play pure man. But what Jimmy Ward is speaking on is his ability to play man coverage. Now, why isn't Jimmy Ward really talked about as really a top-tier safety? I think a lot of it has to do with, man, his interception numbers. His interception numbers are low. Takeaways in general, low, right? Doesn't have the forced fumbles, the, doesn't have the fumble recoveries, doesn't have the interceptions. So people don't talk about him in the tier like they talk about the other guys that they see make plays on a consistent basis, whether it's Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Simmons, that was with the uh, Broncos, uh, you know, even like a Jesse Bates or whatever from uh, uh, Cincinnati. You know, you got, uh, gosh, I mean, you know, J. Harrison Smith, Tyron Matthew, Jackson from Chicago, right? You got all these guys that, and what what's the thing that most people hang their hats on with those guys, man, they're playmakers, they're making plays. And Jimmy Ward has not made the plays, point blank, right? But he has been very sound with what the 49ers ask him to do, right? So, hey, they want him to play a little bit safer, and he kind of alluded to this in that in that uh, press conference, right? He talked about it. Jimmy Ward talked about it, man. Hey, he was asked to play a certain way. He was asked to play it pretty safe. And he's like, man, I'm tired of that. I want to be mentioned with the big dogs. I know I'm not mentioned with them because I don't have the interception numbers. But he has all the ability to do so, right? So Jimmy is hoping that D'Amico Ryan says, you know what? Let me unleash you. Let me use you like the other guys that maybe get to play robber a little bit more, right? Get to play with their eyes, key the quarterback a little bit more. Instead of just being a deep third guy in the middle of the field, play it safe, keep everything in front of you. And then on third downs, when we want to go, man, we're going to bring you down and play man on a slot or a tight end. That's how Jimmy Ward has been utilized. He has not been utilized in a, in, uh, in a way to where it allowed him to just jump routes. All right. And that's what he wants to do. So we'll see if they allow him to kind of get into that mode this year with Domingo Ryan's playing safety. I'm pretty sure he's pitching that like, hey, man, let me do what some of these other safeties are doing. Let me go out there and do the things they're doing, being able to, you know, uh, freelance a little bit, read the quarterback, make plays, allow me to do those same things, right? But from a pure man-to-man ability, it's hard to find a safety that's just better. At the line of scrimmage, he plays press. He's really good. He's a cover guy, right? Uh, we saw him how he locked up uh, Cook, big Cook from the Saints, Saw what he did to Everett and, uh, excuse me, Cooper Cup, right? I mean, these are things that he does on a consistent basis from a coverage skill standpoint. He is legit man-to-man. Now, zone, again, you might even look at his zone numbers, and you might see a lot of maybe a higher percentage of completions on him. And a lot of it's because they want him to play it safer and keep everything in front of him. So maybe they don't mind uh, you know, a 10-yard catch and him coming down and making a hit and stopping him right there for no yards gain because, well, that's just how they want him to play. And if that's the case, that's tough. 
but I know he wants to be utilized in a different way. So when he comes out and he says these things and he says, hey, pure man to man, and I'm assuming what he means is if I shadowed these guys for an entire game, because we can look at numbers, say Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. What do you have, 43 yards against the Niners? And some people be like, well, Jimmy Ward held him to 43. No, he didn't. Jimmy Ward wasn't on him every play. Now, maybe he was on a couple of those times, or maybe there were a couple of times where he wasn't targeting Jimmy Ward was on him, but he wasn't on a, on a consistent basis throughout the entire game, right? I think that Jimmy Ward is saying, look, if you have me shadow a tight end, I'm strapping all these guys, and they're not getting 50 yards on me. They're not getting 40 yards on me. They're not getting 30 yards on me. And I'm saying he ain't lying because he's going to make life tough on a tight end if he had to shadow him for an entire game. I think Jimmy Ward is that good as a coverage safety. And I really think he could have excelled on the outside playing corner if they just let him play corner on the outside. Now, again, that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to play more safety, and he likes being kind of a deep safety, but I think he wants to freelance more. But just from uh, a coverage ability and what he could be on the outside, I think he would be terrific on the outside. I just think he bounced around a whole lot. Rookie year came in, played the slot, had a tough time against Brandon Marshall. He's gotten a lot better since then, and his swag got a lot better. His swag was trashed, and I think that was the biggest reason why Brandon Marshall dogged him that way all right, early in his career. But played a lot of slot early on. Ended up going outside some. Back in the slot. Safety. Back in the slot. Safety again. I mean, he got bounced around so many different positions. Never really got a chance to settle in at one spot. All right? So now he's, in, he's, he's settled in at safety. I think he's considered – if you talk to probably people around the league or a top safety, not saying he's top five or whatever, but I bet around the league, I bet they respect what he does and how he plays on film. And now it's just, all right, like, listen, I play man to man on all these dudes. And with D'Amico Ryan's uh, unleash him and let him do a lot of different things. So where he can get those INT numbers up and be considered one of the best safeties in the league. Cause I think he is that again, if you haven't already, Make sure that you hit that like button right now. If you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button right now. I'm going to keep this coming. I think I'm going to go live maybe every day until I go out to Minnesota next week. All right, but appreciate y'all for locking in. Remember, what I got coming up, all right, just signed my papers for underdog fantasy football. I'm going to have a bunch of fantasy contests, leagues, all that good stuff, weekly challenges. You guys can compete against me. Can't wait for all that good stuff. Stay locked in. Appreciate all y'all that's locked in, even if you're not a 49er fan. Let's go. Let's keep it going. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.